Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Forrester CXCast. This is a two-part episode with Jaap Welms, who's a CX expert from the Netherlands. And this week, we have a conversation around how to rally employees around customer experience with effective storytelling. Next week, we'll have Jaap back and ask him questions and have a conversation about how to scale and manage an MPS program. So tune in next week for that one. This is Sam Stern, joined in studio by my colleague, Maxi Schmidt. Hi, Maxi. Thank you, Sam. Today on the line, we have Jaap Wilms from the Netherlands. Jaap designed and led the international NPS program at NN Group, formerly known as ING, for five years. So he's a really interesting guy with lots of in-depth experience about uh, implementing an NPS program. But he since then ventured out on his own and founded Wilms and so, his own company, where he works with mostly international companies to help them raise the bar in their CX and NPS program. So he has broad experience in that as well. And then finally, he's a really cool guy. He's a, we both are Renaissance men. He knows like lots of things and, um, and, and brings them um, into the context of what we're talking about. But he's also on stage frequently and the guest lecturer on strategic innovation at different MBAs and universities in the Netherlands. So Biap, welcome to the show. Thank you, Maxi. Thank you, Stan. Good to be on. Yeah, we have you on because of what I think of as your refreshing take on CX and CX measurement and the success of NPS programs. I know you sometimes do an NPS quiz with your audience. So let's start with that. I'm sure our listeners will want to check their knowledge on NPS. So uh, get us started and we'll, we'll also be your quiz audience. <laughs> okay, of the following options, which group of people is more likely to give a high score? It's a multiple choice and you can choose... Is it A, male online gamers, B, wealthy pensioners, or C, young French women? Hmm, Sam, you get the first guess. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go... Who has a higher NPS score of um, those three? I'm going to go with A, online gamers. I think it was male online gamers. Okay, okay. I'm going to say um, wealthy people, right? Because... Wealthy pensioners, wealthy, the, pensioners, wealthy yeah, elderly yeah. Wealthy people. Elderly, yeah. Elderly, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the what's the real answer? Um, I'm sorry to say, but uh, it's the young French women. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh tell us more. Why yeah. is that? <laughs> Um, it's it, it's really funny. It is a quiz uh, question designed to show the impact of demographics, mm. because uh, women are more likely to give higher NPS scores. The younger you are, the more likely you are to give higher scores. Uh, the more wealthy you are, the less likely you are to give scores. And then there is that thing about the French. There is something in, in, in the French translation of the NPS question that is, I don't know, just slightly more poetic and it evokes just a tad higher scores. How interesting. Yeah, I told a certain, him, I told uh, you. A certain je ne sais quoi in the way they phrase the question. I like that. Yeah, exactly. That's fascinating. If you're one of these companies that's score obsessed, right, that they're uh, benchmarking all their regions and stuff, your, that your goal should be to get to be in charge of the French region <laughs> with a product line that's targeted at young females um, and you'll be the highest on NPS every time and people will extol your your great abilities at getting high service scores, it sounds like. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think, Sam, uh, good, good summary. Good, Thank you. Good yes. action. That's good, what I took away from this, is how to best gain the scores. Yeah. That's interesting. But you know, the real interesting thing about this is that, yeah, you mentioned this, that the net promoter score that you can achieve as a company really depends on your demographics, which kind of makes me think about this whole discussion about the pros and 
cons of Net Promoter Score that we hear all over the place. And I'm curious about your take on this. What do you think about the pros and cons? And does it matter? Well, yes, it does matter. And I do think it's good that that discussion is always being held. You know what? why I like MPS so much? That is because it, it opens up a mindset and it steers away, if done properly, it steers away from just focusing on the scores. And you're actually going to look at why are you asking customers for feedback? That is something that for me, MPS has really brought to the world, has really opened it up. So if there are cons, yeah, of course there are cons. Of course there are cultural differences. That's one of the cons that is frequently named. But it just the overall idea of MPS being a catalyst for getting a company aware what customer experience is all about. That is actually about listening to customers. That is about sharing experiences with customers. That is the most important thing that MPS has brought us. But you're saying, and I think this is really right, NPS has made customer experience more of a boardroom C-level topic because it's, it's a metric that C-level seemed to be able to wrap their head around. But I'd also, I put it to you that at the same time, it has simplified customer experience sometimes to a point where we are getting into score obsession, right? Where it's just about, it's our NPS program. Let's improve the NPS score. But it's not so much about the why. It is only about the score. Tell us a little bit about your experiences, how to avoid that. Well, exactly. That is the reason why I came up with that quiz in the first place. It's the most fun to be in a company that think of themselves as being MPS savvy. They know all about MPS. They can tell their scores by heart. And then I'm going to pose them these questions. And you see the startled looks and then that sudden realization that hits them that actually they were just obsessed about the score. That's the inherent pitfall of MPS. It is a score, so people collect scores, so people are going to talk about scores. And it is the challenge for every CX pro out there to turn that around and to bring people back to say and to show that the MPS is a means to an end, not the end itself. I think that combined with your reminder to go back to the why. Why are we asking this survey question? Why are we following up with customers? And NPS is a tool to answering that why in a more profound way, right? That it's one way of getting to the answer. It's not, as you said, the score in and of itself is just directionally helpful to you. It is not the thing to be, as you said, fetishizing or obsessing over. It's just some guidance about how well you're doing and how likely they are to recommend and perhaps what language you ask the question in. You know what? This, yeah. is, this, is, this is great. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to use this from now on. Mm. I'm not going to use score obsession anymore. Score fetish. Yes. That's much better. <laughs> <laughs> in that vein, Yap, um, one of the things that strikes me most when I talk to you is, when I said earlier, fresh take, but your ideas around how to get people in the company really interested in the metrics, how your thoughts and ideas, how to get employees to care about the CX metrics and to act on the insights. And I'd love you to share a bit of your thoughts on this with the audience, because I think this is really outstanding. Well, I love to turn things on its head. And one of the things that I started uh, with quite early was, uh, as we just discussed, why are we doing this? 
Why are we talking to customers? What does it mean? I want to establish a customer dialogue. I want to genuinely talk to customers and share experiences with them. So it would be stupid if I didn't do the same with employees, right? In order to have a CX program or an MPS program to succeed, you really need to focus on employees. You need to engage them. One of the very first things I always do with any program is to ask, what's the soapbox story? What is the story that is so compelling, sticky, interesting, inspiring, that it gets in people's heads? Mm. You have to be able to stand up on a soapbox and tell a compelling story why your program is absolutely fantastic and not to be missed. To the employees, way, right? To the, yes, to, yeah. the, to the employees, to the employees, definitely. Because they are the ones that are going to make the effect on the customer. Usually, if you're in a CX program, you're too far away from the customer. And apart from that, it's not your role to design a new product or a new process or a new solution. It is your role, your benchmark to use and, and inspire and get all the employees so excited that they are going to start improving their stuff towards the customer. In order for that to be working, you have to tell them a compelling story. You have to engage them. That's great. I, I really like, uh, I think it's is it the Little Prince where, you know, if you want people to build a boat, you don't you don't uh, teach them how to, you know, Definitely. how to build a boat. You yes. teach them to long for the sea and, and getting out there. And, and, and you're sort of saying a similar thing here with the employees around great customer experiences. Get them excited about what we're doing, about this yep. larger purpose and mission. And yep. that is what they need to go out and do this. And then you're able to collect the data and give them feedback about how they're doing, right? so they can measure their progress, but it's more about that larger purpose of, of why you're doing this. Back Again, back to your point about the it why. Is, it is. And well, here's the fun thing. If you want to spike interest, if you want to really get people's attention, and this is all behavioral psychology, but you have to tell them stories. And I love to tell stories. I love to tell silly stories or stupid stories or every cue I can take from the outside, I can bring into the room. You will see me talking about the most expensive hamburger in the world or the garden architect of Louis XIV or a cartoon that has been drawn in the newspaper. But this is the surprise effect. And I really want people to step away from that daily business routine of looking at scores and mission statements, but to actually genuinely act and be surprised as a human being. This is a huge white space when you look at measurement programs. And I talk about this a lot because a lot of clients need to hear that you need to think about the employees who are the audience of the scores that you share. You need to appeal to the natural sense of curiosity. I would love for you to share maybe one concrete example of, of how you've done this, that the audience could wrap their head around and, and then maybe copy or, or, or adapt for their organization. Well, the easiest one I stumbled upon quite recently, and it was in the UK, in the United Kingdom. I was invited there as a large corporate. I was invited there because their uh, MPS core was flatlining, and I was uh, lucky enough to be invited to a huddle board session, you know, a daily stand-up. And all those team managers, for 10 minutes straight, were talking numbers, 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 KPIs, metrics, churn. I've spoken with many CFOs. But they don't come up with that many numbers as those team managers did. And that was odd. So there was no room for stories. There was no room for uh, sharing experiences. So the only thing I did there was to suggest 
to cut up the huddle board, it was just a white big board, take 50% and claim that to be the customers. And I designed a really nice looking uh, wipeable poster to stick on it. And of course, it had some metrics, but there was a large section that was just what are the customer stories? And underneath, what are the MPS champions or the agent stories? And the customer stories, that was quite surprising for them because they never thought of actually writing down a story. But what was baffling was uh, no one had ever thought of asking the agents how they felt. You provided a story canvas, right? That's what you did. You provided a structure that people would fill in. Exactly. The story canvas. Ah, That's a nice word. Um, (laughs) I'm going to nick that back. (laughs) (laughs) So. So, no, yes, it was. And and after two months, I returned and the MPS was up by plus 19 points just by giving them the framework, the mental framework in which they were doing this and why they were doing this. They were doing it for themselves because it makes them feel good and, and connect with them on a personal level instead of just a cog in the machine, just doing a business process. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Really, really interesting. So a story canvas just to make sure that people actually do share stories with each other because they don't naturally do that, maybe, right? No, they don't. And if I might add, it is the surprise bit, especially because if someone listening just now is going to draw up a huddle board and just like we talked about, and it's going to be very businesslike, that's not going to work. I rather look at magazines and why people pick some magazines over another. It's because it's got good illustrations. It's got a nice photography. It's got a nice way with words, all that stuff you can use because magazines are sold by the millions. So why don't we learn from that? Yeah, correct. Yeah, when we spoke before, there was also one other example that I really want us to talk about. And that was the idea of sharing useless information. I talk about this example of yours a lot, uh, this this infographic, (laughs) but I want you to talk about it briefly, um, what you did there. What is it about sharing useless information that's a good idea in, in a world where everybody's already overloaded with information? Okay, the infographic is something I designed because in any program you need to have a report to management and to the board and that should be very clear and crisp however that's only 5% of a company that is interested in that. 95% of the company isn't interested in a one-pager filled with metrics and with scores, however nicely designed. Mm. You need to entice them. So taking a bits and pieces of the information that's really necessary, but adding silly stuff is really helpful. And I'll give you the example what I did in the Netherlands, for instance. At the very start of my program, I didn't have that much data to share. So actually, it was an accident. So I drew up a picture of the Netherlands with all its provinces because I could see how many promoters were living per province. And note, by the way, that I'm pointing at promoters, not at detractors. I want to give the positive vibe. So Mm -hmm. I was using promoters. But I had some space to fill. So at the very bottom right of the Netherlands, there's the province. That's always the butt of the joke. Every country has that. So... I didn't know that much about that province, so I looked it up on Wikipedia, and I was able to find its square kilometers, and I knew how many promoters there were. So I calculated how many promoters were living there per square kilometer. On every four and a half square kilometers, there was one fan of us walking around. 
that's absolutely useless. I sent it to a thousand of people and I got a lot of questions asking, okay, how do I act on this feedback? And I said, well, no, just smile and don't do anything with it. But the actual thinking behind it was to get in your head because as soon as people read that and within then to six months down the line they would hear something about that province they would think back about that useless bit of information mm. they would think back of the infographic think back of NPS and what we're trying to achieve that's really interesting the, the way that I talk about this to the for example US audience is that it's really great to say we have a net promoter score of 42, it's much cooler to say that the number of promoters we have would fill seven football stadiums. Because as you then go into yeah. Super Bowl season, for example, everybody sees this, this massive amount of people that you have mm. in a football stadium. It's something that gets into people's heads, connects to their personal life in, in some way. Definitely. Abstract figures are really hard to capture. I once did an infographic where I compared it to an airplane flying from Washington Airport to Antarctica and back again. And the mileage resembled the amount of feedback that we had collected. It was just to show how immense the feedback was that we collected that's really cool thank you that's that's great stuff yeah so listeners next week we'll come back to this conversation and we'll continue this conversation and talk about how to scale and manage an nps program listeners if you have feedback or questions about this week's episode please email us at cxcast one word at forrester.com and remember your customers perceptions is your customer experience reality <laughs>